Good afternoon. Welcome to the Marketing with a Book podcast. Hi, I'm Henry DeVries. I run a company called Indie Books International, and I write a marketing column for Forbes.com. I'm so glad to have you with us today. We have a very special guest. We're going to talk about grassroots marketing and relationship marketing and what that means. But before we get to our guest, I'd like to have an author roll call roundup. We have many of our Indie Books International's authors with us today. So I'd like you to introduce yourself, where you're from, and what your book is, what your book title is, and uh, just very briefly what it's about. So why don't we start with uh, Christopher Hodges, and, uh, and then we'll go to Laura next. Thank you very much, Henry. My name is Christopher Hodges. I am the author of Noble Automation Now, which is how to help humans be heroes in the age of automation. I live in Denver, Colorado, and I've been part of the Indie family for about a year, and it's been fantastic. Welcome. Glad you're here. Uh, Laura, and then let's go with Steve. Hi, I'm Laura Neubauer, and I have an upcoming book called Exposing the E-Learning Mystery. The Secret to Digitizing Your Business with Confidence. And glad to be here today, Henry. Thank you, Laura. And where are you located? I am in Southern California. Great, thank you. But a citizen of the world, uh, welcome. Dr. Steve, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, Henry, thanks. Hi, I'm Steve Swadley, also known as Dr. Steve by my clients and colleagues. Um, I'm a leadership neuropsychologist and I'm in Hendersonville, North Carolina, but I have clients all over the country. And um, in fact, just added a client from um, Ireland today. So I can say I'm now international. How about that? Yes. What my, part of international didn't you understand? <laughs> uh, my, um, my, my working title of my book is Optimal Team Performance. And I'm new to the Indy family and uh, loving it. It's been a great experience for me to launch my, my writing and get things going. Okay. Dr. Steve, we're glad you're part of the family. I'd like to turn it to the head of the family, the chairman of Indy Books International, Mark LeBlanc. Thank you, Henry. Uh, my name is Mark LeBlanc. I run a speaking business out of uh, Minneapolis and my uh, entire model is built around business development. And my, my new book or next book is titled Bringing in the Business Without Sounding Like a Salesperson, uh, specifically for people in professional services. Thanks, Mark. Okay. Well, now, uh, let's see, did I catch everybody? I hope so. And we'll go on to our guest. So if you could pin uh, Roman Gabriel, and we'll talk about that. Roman, welcome. Uh, so glad to have you with us here today. Henry, great to be with you. Really excited about it. Been looking forward to this. Okay. Well, Roman runs the Roman Gabriel Show.com. And so he is a broadcaster. Also, soldouttv.com. He's going to talk about that. That's some of the youth work he's been doing. Well, let me, that, that would be work so with. But that would be sold out youth foundation. Sold, sold out, out youth, youth foundation. foundation. That's right. And then uh, he'll tell us about soldouttv.com. 
And then also our relationship with the Executive Next Practices Institute. He's uh, also involved with that and they're getting involved more with him and uh, all the good deeds he's doing. So we can talk about that too. Uh, but first, Roman, tell us about your philosophy on creating a grassroots marketing strategy. Well, our, our philosophy is, is basically our foundation. My wife and I started back in 2003. And uh, what we wanted to do is we wanted to make an impact on the next generation of students and, and leaders and really wanted to do everything we could to help young people today. And uh, we started out, you know, working for other organizations, learning, learning the, the education space, uh, spending time in schools, working with principals and teachers and coaches and athletic programs and learning how to run camps and learning how to put together a board and, you know, all those things that you have to be able to do from a foundation standpoint. So, you know, I've been really fortunate that uh, my name is recognized uh, by a lot of people. And I give my dad a lot of credit for that uh, with 17 years played in the NFL with the Rams and the Eagles as a quarterback and having played professional football myself, you know, you know, for me getting in the doors was never hard, but you know, it's your job once you get in there to develop the relationship. So I'm, I'm big on relationship building, on reciprocity, uh, in terms of helping others to be successful. That's one of our big tenets in our in our youth program is teaching others to be successful from your success in uh, sharing the success. Uh, and then you know, with what we do with our radio show, is we use our radio show. You know, content is king today. Um, I've been fortunate to be a content developer through our Roman Gabriel Sports and Entertainment LLC. Uh, been involved in, you know, television, radio, broadcast, social networking, production uh, for 25 years now. So, you know, it's all about telling the stories of successful, positive people who make a difference in other people's lives by using their platform. Uh, so we use that platform of the Roman Gabriel show, you know, with everything that social networking brings and LinkedIn and, uh, you know, YouTube and Vimeo and podcasts and radio shows to put out the message uh, that we don't just do that for, you know, obviously we want to make a living, but we do it so we can shine a light on how much in need uh, our children are today and about how our foundation can help your kids uh, as parents and grandparents to acclimate uh, to a process of success. Um, many schools today are, have uh, bowed to more of a uh, testing curriculum, putting all their eggs in that testing basket. And so we've been able to come in and assist schools with the things that they don't have time to do anymore, which is goal setting, uh, drug and alcohol abstinence, fitness, health and wellness programs. And of course, post COVID, mental and emotional wellness is the key word, uh, not just for kids, but for everybody in our country right now. Roman, it always impresses me that uh you're not just out to make a living, you're out to make a difference, you're doing all these things. Um, I, you remind me of my big boss at Forbes, Steve Forbes, the publisher. And he said to me one day, he said, Henry, I did a better job at picking my parents than you did. So I, I think you did a very good job when you selected your parent. Um, well, I give my father a lot of credit for teaching me work ethic, teaching me that there's nothing you can't do if you set your mind to it and goal setting is so important and working hard and, and uh, surrounding yourself with not only successful people, but high performance people, which pushes you to be better. 
And that started for me as a young man when I was nine and wanted to be a professional football player like my father. And um, my mother instilled in me the relationship skills, the hard work in the classroom. She was both a mom and a dad to me when our parents divorced when I was nine. I have two other brothers younger than I. Uh, so I, I really learned at a young age uh, that being intentional about your life, that setting goals, working hard, surrounding yourself with the right people, all of those life skills that all of us learned that um, it seems that have gone by the wayside uh, in many of our schools today. So what we did was, is we created and brought back those old school life skill principles with our sold out youth foundation and our drug and alcohol abstinence education and life skills program in schools. Uh, and this put it in a new wave, new delivery system, the way that, you know, the way that kids like to get it on their cell phones, fast, furious, entertaining, well done. Uh, they have a short attention span, their brains develop differently. Um, so, you know, what we're trying to do for students is to show them that uh, by educating, encouraging and challenging them to live a life of alcohol and drug abstinence uh, gives them the best opportunity to pursue their dreams and goals. And we lay out a process uh, by which that can happen for them. One of the saddest phrases I know is that and alcohol was involved. So thank you for the, the work you're doing in that. That's important. And well, it's important. It's really important that we know the problem. Um, you know, the federal government isn't going to solve it. Um, they're not putting out the information the way they should. Right now, we have 35% of 13 to 17-year-old students are experiencing some sort of mental and emotional distress. We have a 25% increase in seniors in high schools committing suicide. One out of three students that think about suicide. We have a fentanyl problem coming over the southern border that's killing our students. We've lost three here in my county in the last two months. And unfortunately, one of the byproducts of kids being at home, social learning, social distancing, was that their parents were serving more alcohol to them at home. So, you know, we've got, we've got a serious education gap. You know, part of our, our program is a PSA program on radio stations where we uh, ask parents to be more vigilant about the mental and emotional health of their students, about talking to them about the drug and alcohol situation, about having a conversation and being more vigilant and involved in their children's lives. So ours is a community approach, a grassroots approach from the bottom up, working with corporations that have community interests, working with faith-based organizations, in working with public and private schools to bring a curriculum that fits in their uh, computer curriculum and is easily uh, uh, assimilates to a curriculum that really doesn't allow for a lot of extra time for these things like life skills, drug and alcohol abstinence, setting goals, uh, and fitness and wellness. And the other thing, too, that, that, that I learned just in the last eight weeks of being in schools is, uh, you know, it's hard to believe that. Uh, basically, our middle school students only have to do PE twice a week, and our high school students as freshmen, and then after that's an option. So we've got a serious problem that, you know, I, I have neurologists on my staff, childhood behavioralists, uh, mental success coaches, sports-specific coaches, and they all say 20 minutes of exercise a day is absolutely critical, not only to the, to the uh, physical fitness, but to the mental success of the student. It's been proven. The test scores go up when students are physically fit. So why we would cut that out and expect that test scores would go up when they're going down just doesn't make a lot of sense. 
There's another issue I wanted to talk to you about, and that's the effect of the pandemic on, on this, uh, the kids in school, the mental health of the kids in school. What are you finding with that? Well, all of us you know, on this Zoom call remember growing up when we were in our late teens in high school. I don't think any of us thought about dying. Uh, I thought it was bulletproof. I didn't think anything could happen to me. I was very confident in that. And I felt that way about my friends. But uh, I have a grandson. I have uh, six grandkids that are from three to 12 years old. And when you're driving your seven-year-old grandson, who's a third grader, uh, in the back seat, and he looks at you and says, Granddaddy, am I going to die? Uh, that's a real problem. Uh, that's a real problem. We have a generation of kids right now who don't have hope, who think that they're not going to get the same opportunity. They've watched their parents lose their job. They've watched classmates die. Uh, they've watched illness that have stricken some of their, some of their classmates. Because social emotional um, growth and nonverbal communication is so key to grade school kids, the masses cover that up. They've, they've stunted their, their growth. It's so important for uh, growing maturity and social ability. That's been cut off. So we can talk about how masks may have solved the COVID problem, but uh, the problems that have come with it, we're not going to know uh, for quite some time how, how, how bad that, that is and how bad it could be. And I know because I hear from counselors in schools regularly now talking about they don't understand you know, how kids have not assimilated back into the school normally. Um, kids that were great students are getting Fs. Kids that were well-behaved are getting in fights. We've got violence in the schools. We've got ADD problems. We've got overweight kids. We've got frustration that's being taken out, uh, you know, in obvious ways. So we have counselors say, hey, how come they're not coming to us for help then? And my thing is, when you were 13 or 14 year old, would you go to a, your counselor and say, I, I think I've got a mental or emotional problem? That's not going to happen. But through our pledge program online, where kids tell us in a box, they're comfortable talking to us online through their phones. So they tell us all the time, hey, mom's an alcoholic. Uh, dad has a, a drug problem. Uh, my, my sister or brother has a drug problem or a vaping problem. Um, I don't have hope right now. Um, uh, COVID, I'm really struggling you know, emotionally. I feel depressed. I feel down. Uh, so we began immediately when COVID hit in our online program to, to, through professionals to address the effects of COVID and, and giving real skills to the students that they could actually do something about what they were feeling. Roman, let's get back to that whole building a grassroots effort here because, and, and this is a compliment if it, if it doesn't sound like it, but you probably read the book, Tom Sawyer, you saw the movie about Tom Sawyer and uh, Tom Sawyer gets all the other kids to whitewash the fence and help and do things together. And, and you've got that quality to you. And I know it's not an accident. How do you get other people involved helping and making this bigger? Well, I, I think as a CEO, you know, the, the job of a CEO is to be able to, to not only, you know, run a company effectively, have good people around them, but to be able to formulate the vision and communicate it with passion and enthusiasm um, and to do it succinctly and, and clearly. Um, and what we've been able to do is, is, you know, who are the people who care, who would care about our foundation, the Sold Out Youth Foundation, 
so much. They would be parents and grandparents that have kids of their own who are impacted by the problems we've, we've illustrated. And they wanna help their kids. Um, so right now we have a lot of parents who have raised their kids and, and who, uh, who now are looking to the community saying, hey, it's also our responsibility to help this generation of kids. And people ask me all the time, your kids are grown. I, you know, I have two kids in their forties who are very successful and doing extremely well in life and six grandkids. Uh, but people ask me, well, why do you spend so much time helping other people's kids? And I said, well, it's very simple. I wouldn't be where I'm at today without teachers, coaches, pastors, other parents, and other peers and, and, and kids that helped me to get where I am today, who were there for me, who believed in my dreams and my goals and helped me, helped me to get there. So um, I feel it's my responsibility and so do a lot of other people out there. Um, I can tell you one thing to get very excited about is this whole COVID experience has brought so many people together. Um, we all had a common experience of going through something we'd never been through before. Our life of what we knew will never be the same again. Um, although we are seeing some of the things that we're used to coming back, it'll never be back completely. Um, so what I try to do is, you know, first thing you have to do when, when you have a problem is you have to make, people have to know there is a problem uh, in order to wake up and say, listen, there's something we need to do about it. And then we need to paint clear solutions of how we can uh, address that. And so we do that through grassroots. I like to meet people. I like to be in front of people as a motivational speaker. I get the opportunity to speak to companies, faith-based organizations, schools, comp uh, cor corporate outings, uh, camps. Uh, of course, being around football these years uh, with my father, which is a small group of people, uh, you learn very quickly that um, you've, you, you've got to understand who you're talking to. You've got to understand um, um, what people need and what they're looking for and be able to bring solutions. So um, for me, you know, social networking in the new computer age um, and, the, and the technology changing so fast, we've had to change with it. And surrounding myself with people who understand that um, has been really important because uh, the way that we advertise, the way that we market, the way that we communicate, the, the way that we put our message out there has changed so drastically uh, in our generation, and especially in the last 10 years. So when you look at the way uh, people communicate, that's changing as we speak. And if you're not able to be uh, vigilant and, and successful with social networking and with using the tools that everybody learns, and of course, this new generation, this is how they're going to learn. This is what they're most comfortable with at a very early age. Their brains developed completely different than ours did. Um, so uh, that... That's really important that to stay in the curve and continue to learn and continue to surround yourself with people in this technology space of innovation. And that's why I'm so proud to be partnering with Executive Next Practices at UC Irvine, because that is what they do. And they have introduced me to so many strong technology companies that have given me great ideas that we could assimilate into our foundation, into our content producing company. Uh, so we're a content producer as well as a foundation. So we have a lot of organizations that are getting hold of us now saying, listen, we love your visual content. How can we assimilate that into what we're doing and partner with you? Uh, because when you've spent 30 years in this space, it takes a lot of time, money, and effort to develop it. Let's talk more about what you're doing with Executive Next Practices Institute and the uh, Super Bowl in Phoenix. 
Well, one of the things that I've done for the last 28 years is cover the Super Bowl. Uh, I started doing that back in 1994. Um, I started working for uh, the ESPNs, the Fox Sports, the Sports Bylines, you know, basically learning how to break stories at the Super Bowl and to cover the NFL. And what I learned early on is, is that, you know, once one or two days went by at the Super Bowl, the players at the Super Bowl were tired of being asked the same questions over and over about the game. Uh, so what I began to realize, and of course, back when I started, newspapers and local, uh, the local news stations were the king. Um, so they began to realize that as I began to talk to athletes of my dad's generation, who I grew up with and knew my generation of playing in the early 80s, and then being around the current players, that they began to trust me because I would tell their story and let them tell their story in a more expanded fashion uh, through Q&A, through written, you know, through radio, television, social networking. So these other outlets began to realize that, hey, these are some really interesting stories about people overcoming adversity to get to where they are today and that exposing that whole work ethic, uh, not that, you know, McDonald's mentality that kids have today that you're going to go through the line and everything you do comes like that and you get what you want when your parents spent 30 years working for it. Uh, so we began to show the stories and expose the stories of these high profile athletes and coaches, the Tony Dungy's, the Reggie White's, the Kurt Warner's. And I'm a faith guy. I believe in faith, family, and football, faith, family, and your passion, uh, uh, that priority, God first. So I began to, to tell stories of faith. Uh, and so what we developed with EMP is uh, I came to them um, and talked to them about a foundation fundraiser at Super Bowl week, a youth initiative for one week, where we would use the biggest event in the world, the biggest marketing and connection event in the world, grassroots event sporting event, the Super Bowl, uh, where we would go into schools, where we would put on camps, where we would have a big fundraising event at EMP at, at UCI uh, for 250 plus, uh, you know, high profile CEOs and companies, uh, bringing in community leaders and then speaking to them about the problem in their community. And so our goal was to use the Super Bowl to infiltrate and get the attention of the public and private schools with our foundation, our drug and alcohol education and life skills program, introduce it. Uh, and then uh, I hired a young lady who was a, a basically a school initiator who went in and made the first uh, initiation to the schools or was a collaborator. And then what we do is we come into that organization and into that community full time into the schools. So basically a lot of events and parties that happen at the Super Bowl come in, get the money, make the attention and leave. Our goal was uh, completely opposite, to come in, invest in the community with the Super Bowl, and then invest full-time with our resources, time, and program uh, to the, the children uh, and parents of the community. So um, this, this ENP Legends and Leaders event that we'll be doing in Phoenix on February, Thursday, February 8th, is a innovation and technology event, a networking event, where we're using technology and innovation and um, bringing in experts to talk about how that fits with the next generation of leaders or the next generation of students. So we'll be putting on events all week long in Phoenix for Super Bowl this year. And uh, ENP and I are collaborating for the next three Super Bowls uh, in Vegas and New Orleans. So these are top 25 media cities, millions of people 
thousands of schools. So if we can make corporate relationships, foundation relationships, grassroots, give the corporations what they want, which is a fun time, an opportunity to get their name out there and to be associated with something bigger than themselves. Now we've created momentum. Now we've created something that's repeatable. And now we have the ability to raise the money that we need uh, without government help uh, to be able to, uh, you know, uh, put out our new online program that will be available to anyone in America in the next year. So I just wanted to share something. Um, and uh, so we're going to go a little football geeky here for a second. And I covered the NFL for the Associated Press for several seasons. And I helped with the host committee in San Diego for two Super Bowls. Super Bowl week in a city, even if you do not go to the game, is an amazing week. And the NFL experience is there and all sorts of entertainment happens. So it's a great week to vacation uh, in, that, in that area. So I also worked uh, with the Convention and Visitors Bureau here in San Diego and just promoted, there's so much to do. So just planting that seed that uh, you might not have a ticket to the Super Bowl, but being in Phoenix that week might be a good thing to do. Well, a lot um, of people think that the Super Bowl is the big deal. It's not. Um, from the previous Friday uh, after Championship Sunday through to the Super Bowl, you have, it's been, I call it a Disney thrill ride. Um, when you go to Disney World, you got an e-ticket where you're able to go on the best rides. And those rides, you, there's not enough time to go on all of them. You know, there, there's so many. Um, at Super Bowl, 24 hours a day, seven days a week during that week, you have charitable events, you have parties, you have youth events, you have community events. You have some of the biggest people from the corporate community, from the, from the charity community. You have athletes, coaches, entertainers, writers, movie directors, every, every kind of person coming through there uh, to use this and get together as a way to market an event, a book, something that they're trying to put out there, that a foundation or some purpose or mission. Um, so it's been the most important place. I get more work done in a week at the Super Bowl in terms of connecting and networking and making business relationships than I do all year long. And of course, content wise, when everybody's there, I do my radio show live, I do my podcast, our streaming television show live. And by the way, if you guys want to hear these stories, um, you can go to romangabrielshow.com. All of our stuff's there for you to podcast. Also our streaming TV at dbnatelevision.tv, the Roman Gabriel Show at 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday. Uh, so all of our content is available through that Roman Gabriel Show site. And then our sold.tv.com site, if you want to learn more about how to get involved with our foundation for the Super Bowl, you'll just go to our events page at soldouttv.com and we have a video there showing you what our Super Bowl week looks like and all the details, sponsorship levels, all those things. So we want you guys to get involved with us. It's a fun week. We treat our, our sponsors and our corporates to a lot of fun. They get a lot of access that nobody gets a chance to do. And I bring my high profile NFL players, coaches, past and present, Hall of Famers into our events. Last year was so much fun because um, I grew up watching my dad play for the Rams in the Coliseum in the 60s and 70s to, to you know, 100,000 people and um, to get with his old teammates to have them come to this party, Rams fans to celebrate 
Super Bowl, a party with a purpose to help kids uh, in the Southern California area through the Sold Out Youth Foundation. So um, we like to have fun with what we do, and that's how we were able to network and make great relationships that are memorable for our partners. So I was born in a little town called Los Angeles and grew up in the 60s and uh, uh, at that Coliseum. And um, so amazing memories and was just so happy that they've come back. And um, ENP and Indie Books will be doing something at uh, SoFi Stadium in the fall um, in, in promoting all of this. Um, and by the way, if you haven't been to SoFi Stadium, it's the Taj Mahal of football, everybody. You, you just, it's, it's, it's amazing. amazing. I've been at some of, the, some of the greatest, nicest stadiums in the world. And of course, you know, Jerry World in Dallas was kind of that, the newest thing. But what they did in Los Angeles is an entertainment destination. It's, uh, I've never seen anything quite like it. It's, it's 40 yards below the ground, open sides where you can see the San Gabriel Mountains. Um, incredible restaurants and entertainment things, youth uh, activities and facilities below the stadium, um, all sorts of interactive ways on your phone to, to uh, enjoy the game. Uh, it, it's, it's something special and, and absolutely a, a, a wonder. And, and, you know, if you grew up in Los Angeles like I did, the Fabulous Forum was that place when, when I was growing up watching the 80s Lakers. And the Forum happens to sit right next to SoFi and the first time I flew into LAX and I looked at the forum looked like this little high school arena compared to, you know, to SoFi and it's a pretty big place itself. So SoFi is dawning. It's, it's really quite breathtaking. It's, it's amazing. Um, Roman, there's something else I wanted to talk about. And many of our authors um, are spiritual people. They have a faith. They're not all the, the, the same faith religion, certainly, but they have a faith. And it's touchy sometimes to bring up your faith in a business context or a fundraising context. Um, you seem to walk the razor's edge there. You, you have balance in doing it. Would you share your thoughts on doing that? Because personally, just from what I've met from you, you have to share that. Right. Uh, that's who you are. But did my question make sense that yeah, you, well, you also I think have to do it with balance. You have to do it balanced. You have to compartmentalize. You have to know the setting you're in and who you're talking to. But you also have to be comfortable in your own skin. I never like to apologize for my faith. I'm a Christian man. That's how I grew up. That's who I am. Um, you know, I believe strongly that God plays a big role, incredible role in my life and wouldn't be where I'm at without it. I'm thankful for the opportunities and the platform that I've been given. It's a responsibility that I take seriously. I want to be intentional about it. I'm kind of in the fourth quarter of my life. I'm 61, and uh, I want to make sure that, you know, for the next 20 to 25 years that, uh, you know, kind of like uh, the last-minute drive, you're starting on your 10, and you want to you want to get in the end zone. And, um, you know, I, I want to leave this earth with a legacy of turning this over to someone else. We're already, you know, ENP and Scott and myself are already working on a succession plan because uh, I won't be here, you know, very much longer. So I want to make sure that we're able to leave this to the next generation. Uh, and I think the technology has made that easier to be able to create that type of um, situation, um, you know, with content and, you know, everything can be filmed today. You can, you can pretty much mortalize yourself in terms of being able to, you know, a lot of our content is evergreen. 
So I'll give you an idea. Um, for you Rams fans out there, my podcast that hit today on RomanGabrielShow.com is, is an interview I did in 1995 with the other end of my dad's Roman Gabriel to Jack Snow connection, who was one of the great wide receivers in NFL history. And I, I spoke with Jack in 95. And that evergreen interview is all about Jack and his college career and playing in the NFL and what it was like and uh, sharing with people. And I don't know, you know, all of our writers that are with us here, we're in that generation that um, everything's become so politicized in our country that uh, men of our age long to go back to a time uh, when we remember spending that valuable time, that quality time with a father that took us to our first football game. I can't tell you guys the number of CEOs that I met with last year in Southern California who said, hey, I just want you to know that I, my dad took me to my first football game, and that's how I began to follow your father. Your, your father was somebody that I really uh, got to know and, and, and loved. And, um, and, 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 and you see that smile come over their face of that feeling that comes over you to say that was another time, a generational time where all the politics and all the opinionation and all the this, this things that divide us weren't there where we can go back and remember the good times and remember what it was like to grow up in that world. I wish my kids could know that. Um, it's hard to describe my childhood to my grandkids, the difference between the way I grew up and the way that they're growing up today. So, uh, you know, getting back to the faith question, um, you know, uh, I'm an evangelist at heart. You know, I separate those things. When I go into a public school, it's all about our life skills and, and drug and alcohol absence program now. All of us know that life skills like loving your neighbor and working hard and surrounding yourself with the right people and respecting your parents all come from biblical principles. Uh, but you got to use a different language with a different group of people. But um, people know where I come from and where I stand. And I think that's so important in anything that we do. Um, we have to be passionate about what we do, believe in what we do, and never apologize for what we believe to be um, our belief system. And, and, and I think today, Unfortunately, with freedom of speech in real peril, um, only only certain messages are accepted, and other messages that we don't agree with are are, are disdained and, and and are shut up. And um, I believe we should listen to everybody's ideas. That that's what makes our country great. Uh, so I, I I believe that the country we live in is the best in the world. We have our problems, but it's the best system in the world, and I don't want to see it change. So Roman, I have to give a shout out to my business partner, Mark LeBlanc, um, who is from Minnesota and was a fan of those Fran Tarkington, uh, purple people eater uh, playoff teams against the Rams. So if we can get along and find common ground. I'm gonna let Mark off of the us. hook because his team gave so much distress to my father, the Rams for decades. <laughs> It's the only team that we couldn't get a handle on. Didn't matter what we did, we found a way we couldn't win. Uh, and we very rarely had success up there where that, that mall of America is right now. When I went to the Super Bowl there, I realized that they told me that this place where you're having your show right now is the exact field that your father lost on in 1969 <laughs> in a bitter playoff loss, 23 to 20. So, you know, we remember those things as Rams fans, Mark, but we're going to let you off the hook. Yeah, it's we still it's, love you, Mark. It's wonderful to meet you. Pleasure to mine, mine as well. Well, you gave us so much good information. I want to thank you again for carving out some time here and 
we're going to do what we can to help promote the good work that you're doing. You're, you're having an impact and influence on young lives. I think not just young lives, you're really helping all lives. And I really like, Mark and I, when we're in California, we have to talk about the universe. But when we're back in the Midwest, we can say God helps those who help themselves. <laughs> so we're bilingual. So uh, we appreciate Well, I, Listen, I, I grew up in California. When I go back, I see all my classmates, both from high school and college. And, uh, and I tell them, I say, I don't know how you guys do it. It's beautiful out here. I have great memories here. But after about five to seven days, I'm ready to go home to North Carolina. Uh, to a, a much simpler, a much simpler and easier life. So uh, I love California. Want to help the kids there definitely. And uh, I want to say it one more time for parents: please send your 13 to to 20 year old students to SoldOutTV.com. It'll change their lives. We have a brand new social engagement system on our phones. So many great tools to help your kids about success, drug and alcohol abstinence, so many life skills tools that they can apply, how to set goals, uh, these very important pillars that kids need to be successful. And the schools, unfortunately, don't have the time to do that. So please send them to soldouttv.com. And parents, we also have a Facebook page called Sold Out Students and Sold Out that you can go to and, and help yourself. To We give you advice on having to have that conversation with your kids about drugs and alcohol. And if you want to get involved with our Super Bowl Foundation event in Phoenix and come out and have a great time with us, go to soldouttv.com, which is also our site for our foundation, and go to events. And then for my Roman Gabriel show, all the stuff's on romangabrielshow.com. We'd love you to join us. We have some great past and present sports and entertainment stories of some of these people that uh, have some incredible stories. And I learn something every time I interview one of these people, um, like we're talking about here today. I, I'm always looking for something that they do great that I can apply even something little to make myself uh, even better. So it's a real privilege to be here with you guys today. And uh, this is a great forum. And um, I'd love to answer any questions that you guys might have. Do uh, in the chat, are there, are there any questions anybody wants to ask? Before we let Roman go, Roman, I'm really looking forward to shining a spotlight on your work in Forbes.com. I'll tell you uh, when that article appears. Uh, it'll either be uh, this month or next month. And uh, with that, we're going to, uh, I don't see any questions coming in the chat. So we'll thank you so much for being with us today and uh, look forward to seeing everyone on another episode of Marketing with a Book podcast. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, Henry.